Hello, friends, and welcome to Let's Press Play. I'm Emily. I'm Katie. And I'm Mac. We are three best friends who find joy in staying connected through stories. More specifically, movies. Each episode, we will dive into one story, discussing themes and messages, the characters, scenes we loved or hated, design elements, music, and so much more. Don't worry, we take our spoilers very seriously. So we'll give you a warning in case you want to check out this week's movie before we give anything away. Movies are a universal way to connect people from all over. So welcome to the gang. We're so glad you're here. What do you think, team? Are we ready? Yep, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, friends. Let's press play. Okay, friends. Let's talk about someone great. So this movie came out in 2019. It was written and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. We all streamed it on Netflix. And it has a pretty good cast. Stars Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, DeWanda Wise, Lakeith Stanfield, Peter Vac, and many more. A quick, short, spoiler-free synopsis for you guys. Aspiring music journalist Jenny has just landed her dream job at Rolling Stone and is about to move to San Francisco. And rather than do long distance, her boyfriend of nine years decides to call it quits. So to nurse her broken heart, Jenny gathers up her two best friends, Aaron and Blair, for one last crazy adventure in New York City. (laughs) Before we get into any spoilers, I would love to know what your guys's, I guess, initial reaction to watching this movie was. I feel like we've all, I think, seen it before, probably in 2019 when it came out. So it's been a few years. What did you think when you first watched it? And were you excited? Not excited? Tell me your thoughts, Emily. (laughs) Okay. Well, you are correct. I did watch this movie in 2019. When I watched it, I was in a a very different mindset. I, um, so, so like my first time watching it, I was like watching it prepared to like, you know, cry a lot, even though it is a comedy. I was like, oh my God, she's going through a breakup. This movie is going to destroy me. Great. This is what I need right now. It was like a a reset button almost, but I haven't watched it since. I watched it one time in 2019, felt all the feels related to different characters. So I was excited to rewatch this movie. I I really liked it the first time that I watched it. So I saw this movie back in 2019 because Emily sent me a message and she was like, I'm watching someone great. I need you to stop everything you're doing and I need you to watch it immediately. (laughs) I love it happens that. more often than I care to admit with yeah. you too, is I will watch yeah. something and be like, I'm going to need these two to experience this with yeah. me. <laughs> and sometimes those suggestions are hits and I am on board that train. And sometimes they are misses and I do not understand. But this one, I had already seen the preview for it or the trailer for it. I was already going to plan on watching it, but I did immediately stop what I was doing and watch it. So I came at it of like, three best friends in New York city, painting the town red. We don't need no mans. (laughs) And I loved it from that perspective. I feel the same way. So hopefully we have some differing opinions going through it too. I'm sure we will. But (laughs) I remember really liking it when we, when I first watched it, but I was a little nervous because sometimes movies you think that you like, and then you rewatch and you're like, Oh, don't like that anymore. But it's only been a few years. So, you know, yeah, not a whole lot so changing. when you remember something differently in your head and you rewatch it and you're like huh did I make mm-hmm. that part up did I okay cool 
Okay, so before we move forward, we want to give you guys a warning that from this point on, any and all spoilers about this film will be discussed. We take our movie watching very seriously, and we totally understand if you need to stop this episode to go watch someone great before you hear us discuss it. Come back and join us when the credits roll. Movie opens with Jenny and her boyfriend walking across the street to meet her friends, Blair and Aaron Afar, they're obviously very in love, giving each other piggyback rides and being super flirty. And then after their little bar scene, we skip ahead into the future. Jenny is drunk at a subway, makeup running down her face, <laughs> talking to a random girl. So let's talk about like this first 10 minutes here. <laughs> yeah, because I have a question for you guys. Like, montages that start a movie usually always bug me mm-hmm. and this one doesn't so much mm-hmm. but it's definitely a modern rom-com it's definitely right. like they're showing text messages coming back and forth between the couple and like usually I just cringe at that shit and I hate it but I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily in this I thought it was like kind of a, a nice way to start the movie because you get the backstory of the relationship and then you quickly realize that the relationship's not really a part of this movie or the ending of it is, I guess. Did it bug yeah, you? Yeah, I like the montage. It's like, it keeps your attention, even though it is a little longer, probably because of all the scene changes and yeah. emails and texts and stuff, but I liked it. Did you, Emily? I'm the same way where as long as a movie montage at the beginning is giving me important information, I, I can accept and absorb information yeah. like that. Like, but if it's just a movie montage to be a movie montage, mm-hmm. I'm like, skip, get to the, get to the good part, get to the story. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This one, I think I, I don't know. I'm a, I, you guys know this. I'm definitely a texter per, per, preferred to like <laughs> a phone caller. I'm the person who like will watch my phone ring the entire cycle of a phone call and then text the person and be like, what's up? <laughs> like, so getting information in like text message form i i'm sure that's just because i'm addicted to my phone like every other person our age but it was really easy for me to absorb that information it was really easy for me to follow exactly the information they were giving me it worked for me um now let's talk about the subway scene i feel like it's one of my favorites in the whole in the whole when i tell you that girl never embodied a character more (laughs) in my life than the girl in the subway who the drunk idiot comes up and starts talking to and they're calling each other beautiful and then that girl goes really because I feel like we're a before and after photo <laughs> she's I like thought. look at you and your pretty teeth and shit <laughs> I have pretty teeth oh uh, it just like reminds me of drunk bathrooms at bars yep. yes. and there and you're like you're so pretty I love your outfit you're so pretty <laughs> yep exactly but then she's like I'm kind of over this conversation to be honest <laughs> she just gets up and leaves <laughs> yep I I think it sets up Jenny Gina Rodriguez's character really well and I will say I think Gina Rodriguez is a really good job playing drunk in that moment Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of messy, but she's funny. She's just saying whatever flies out of her mouth. That definitely made me laugh. But I think it sets up that like Jenny's a little bit of a mess. I mean, obviously she just got broken up with. She's drinking in public, but you know, she's like not well. She's not mm-hmm. doing well. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh my God, what's about to happen with this chick? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And she like 
Aaron in the end, they're like closer to the end of the movie about Jenny when they're trying to find her. And she's like, you know, she's a dramatic bitch. <laughs> so I feel, like, I feel like she just is a hot mess probably always. And for Gina Rodriguez, I feel like her voice, how it kind of cracks now yeah. and then, I feel like that just works so well with the character. Totally. Totally. It also set me in New York mindset a little bit because I oh, feel yeah. like all of us growing up in the Midwest, like Minnesota nice is a thing. Hypothetically, Minnesota nice is a thing. I do think we're more passive aggressive than mm-hmm. nice. Facts. Facts. But um, New like New York, the way that that girl was like, oh no, actually I'm done. And she just got up and left. Like, <laughs> I was like, that is so different. Like if somebody were to do that to me, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> It would be like it wasn't know, the 20 minute little, goodbye right yeah like, exactly wounded that this person just left mid-conversation but <laughs> it like it this whole scene it was funny it was charming it was honest and it like put me exactly where I was supposed to be I'm not a New York person I don't know truly I don't think I would fare very well in New York like I think I would love the fast pace of it but like yeah it sounds like it's romanticized a little bit. Like it yeah. sounds amazing. I'm fully romantic about New York. I could live in Brooklyn tomorrow <laughs> if I could afford to. Booty like, hole Brooklyn? Booty hole Brooklyn, <laughs> sign me up. Bedside, do or die. I yeah. love it. I remember I've only been to New York for a day because my aunt lived in New Jersey for a while and we took the ferry in to New York and saw Lion King and like walked around New York City for a day. And I bumped into someone on the street and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and the guy just turns and he was like, watch it. And he like yelled at me and walked away. And I was like traumatized. Oh my <laughs> like, God. I've been, here, I've been here for a day. I'm like, I could not survive. <laughs> okay. So now we, I guess, really meet her two best friends, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, DeWanda Wise and Blair, Brittany Snow. Mm-hmm. so Aaron it starts with Aaron she's at her girlfriend's house we kind of get the sense that maybe she's having trouble with commitment because she's being worried about meeting Leah's friends and then when she goes home and we meet Blair they have a little conversation about like that's your girlfriend and she's like no she's not she's just the one person I like spending time with the most <laughs> and I stay over there for consecutive nights <laughs> um and then we meet Blair's boyfriend Will so let's talk about these three characters in this whole scene because I mean especially Will I just <laughs> I was trying to figure out who in my life resembles Will but I don't even know a single person that is that cringy <laughs> it's so bad it's Emily, so bad didn't you say the actor himself is on, on SNL? SNL he is yeah Alex Moffat plays Will and he is a cast member on SNL. So I've seen a lot of his stuff because I really love SNL. But yeah, Mac, I agree with you. I don't know if I know a single person who is just like that character. But funnily enough, he gave me Midwest vibes of like, <laughs> like super accommodating. Like, oh, I'm going to make sure you're okay before I take care of anything of myself. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. And it was like, so weird to have that notion pop into my head and then also be so thoroughly annoyed with that character (laughs) so funny because like there's both of them together are kind of cringy and Aaron is telling Blair like you hate him why are you still together and you kind of learn that they just 
maybe they're in, they've been together for so long that they just aren't breaking up, even though they both hate each other, but are being weirdly nice and cringy. <laughs> when he like eats at her throat and he's like, I just cringe my pants. This is my breakfast. Um, 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 um. I literally was like, I, I think I would murder him. Like, I, th- I mean, yeah, I would not like- thrive well. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I got the feeling like he gave me like honeymoon vibes. Like when you're in the very early stages of a relationship and like everything's cute, everything's fun, things are a little weird, but you're like, mm, you're paying attention to me. I love it. But she also mentions that they've been together for like three years. Yeah. Which when I think about that part, I'm just like, oh, ew, ew no, don't. <laughs> like, phase out of that like everyone else this is true like in life she kind of represents friends who like you got to go on that journey you've got to find that out for yourself that that's probably not your forever person but like if I saw a friend with that kind of dude three years in and it wasn't a good fit like that dude is a good fit for somebody somebody wants somebody like that that's fantastic (laughs) may he clean your apartment forever (laughs) but I I think that would be a struggle if I was Aaron to also live there because they are roommates. So to Mm -hmm. live in that environment where, I mean, but maybe I would take the free house cleaning. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I would just shut up and let it happen. I also love Aaron right from the beginning. (laughs) When she walks into that apartment and she's like, dude, I just went out to pet the chihuahua outside of our building and it was a fucking rat. (laughs) I need coffee. And they're so different, Blair and Aaron. Their personalities are like completely opposite, but I also love their friendship. Yeah, Yeah. me too. I sometimes think that's what makes it work is like, if you are exactly like a person, like there's, there's never going to be any new thing brought into your life. You're going to keep doing exactly what the two of you do, whether it's friendship or it's a relationship. So I really love a story when two characters are completely different and they like love each other anyway like that makes it so fun and interesting to watch and especially when their personalities collide a little bit you're kind of like okay so you don't have to be exactly the same to get along you don't have to be exactly the same to love somebody in any type of way that that's the stuff that makes the the writing or the real life scenarios that are depicted in this story really fun for me is truly all three of these women are so different but they have like learned and grown with each other to where it's like okay I know everything about you Mm -hmm. I know that you need your toilet shaped coffee mug in the morning to make (laughs) you extra happy like I love that I think that's so fun and I also really like that when I the first time I saw this movie going into it I was like okay so this is a story about Jenny Mm -hmm. and like you get into it and you're like okay, it's not just about Jenny. Like all three of these women are strong, capable women. Yes, they're on different paths, but like they're winning and they're losing and they're having highs and lows. And we're, we're getting kind of the gamut with all three of them. And we get to see kind of peek through the window of all three of their lives. I don't know. I love that. I, love I agree. That. And I really like how all of them have their own mess going on. Yeah, like all of them have something that they haven't that they're ignoring a little bit in the corner right and that's why like when it comes to casting ourselves it was fun and hard to do so because I felt like all of us resembled pieces of all of them 
right. which like when it comes to writing a, a you know a modern day comedy that's kind of really hard to do mm-hmm. and so I I really liked that they all had pieces of me because that meant that like they were all real people you mm-hmm, know it right. felt like they were real people so that's that was cool yeah I feel like a lot of times in comedies to make it more dramatic in some way they always like care caricaturize the characters yeah <laughs> if that's a word and it makes it a little less relatable but it's funny but I feel like with this one they do a good job with keeping the characters relatable so yeah that, I, I like that okay so now Blair and Aaron are talking to Jenny on I, I mean it's like FaceTime but on yeah. their computer yeah <laughs> And Jenny has decided they're all going to go to the Unclassic, which is a music festival, and have a big crazy girls night before she has to leave. She leaves to San Francisco in a week. She's still a hot mess. <laughs> Her breakup was literally less than 24 hours ago, which honestly, throughout this whole movie, I don't know if this is a maturity or if it's just like, writing in general, the writing in general, but she moves through her breakup or she works through it very quickly. She really does. I think it's just the story structure. Like yeah. the character has to. Like it is only one night. Like that's yeah. the movie. So... And like it would be pretty boring to see somebody cry in bed all day for yeah. two hours. But I had the same thoughts. I mean, I do have critiques about this movie. And one of them is like, she wakes have... up and starts drinking. Yeah. And then she seems pretty sober throughout a lot of parts of this movie. And that would not be my journey if I woke up and smoked some weed and drank out through a straw out of a bottle. And then even on the FaceTime, she's like, we also need champagne because eh, this may not be here while you get here. This may not be here when you get here. <laughs> so it's like, how is she not just annihilated? Annihilated, yeah. yeah. And but I will say, like, again, the modern writing of it all, I did kind of <laughs> I did love how she was like, cool, cool, cool. You saw my story. You know that I was broken up with. <laughs> like she didn't text them. She didn't, she was just like, <laughs> she was just stressfully looking at Instagram being like, who has seen my story that I've broken up with? <laughs> I've been broken up with. <laughs> yeah, because it said something about like everyone dies alone or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that right. is, that is interesting though, because this is something where I would not, I don't relate to Jenny because like if someone like Ian and I have been together for 11 years. And if he just like randomly broke up with me because I took a job and we had to move, I mean, like we're married. So it would be like way more complicated than just being like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> but I would not just be like the next, I don't know. For me personally, first of all, I would not post about it like that on social media. And secondly, I would be probably just doing nothing for like a month so I wish I almost wish they would have skipped ahead to to the friends being like we haven't heard from Jenny in a while like let's check in on her or something but whatever Emily I'm curious to know if you relate to Jenny on this because I also don't relate to Jenny but I do feel like you have the personality type that's like oh cool 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 you broke up with me I'm gonna go have the best night of my mother Okay, so I viewed that as more of survival mode of like, it's very funny because when I watched this movie the first time, 
I was very much in Jenny's shoes of like, it was very abrupt. There was no explanation. And uh, truly, I don't, I don't think I handled it the way she did where I was like, it's fine. I'm going to be cool. It literally took me like a year to yeah. like feel like myself again. It took me a year to start going back to these places that I had been to with this person. It like, it literally, it took me a year to even be able to say his name. So yeah. I was like, I, like now today sitting here, I would love to think that that is exactly what I would do is like, wake up, roll over, crack a beer, call you guys and be like, <laughs> let's go crazy. But in reality, in 2019, mm-hmm. I did the exact opposite, which mm-hmm. falls more in line with what Katie was saying is, man, like I, I didn't, I didn't post about it. I didn't say anything like people would ask and I'd be like, nope, that's, how are you? How yeah. are you? Like, yeah, so. I guess that makes, that makes a lot of sense now that you're, I'm hearing you talk about it because one, she does leave in a week. So right. she doesn't really have the time to just yeah mope. not to, yeah, to just mope if she doesn't, or if she wants to like hang out with her friends still, or like, you know, leave the city on a kind of positive note. Right. But then also I remember later in the movie, she says to Aaron, if I stop moving, I'll think about it. So I guess for her, it really is survival because she's just trying to like keep her brain busy and thinking about other things laying around will make her break down. And she's like trying to avoid the crush, I guess. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now that you're talking about it. This is where I really related to Erin is when she comes over to Jenny's apartment and Jenny is like in her underwear dancing to Lizzo. Yes. (laughs) Like getting her, get her drink on at 10 AM. And, um, Aaron is just like a ride or die. She's like, whatever journey we go on today, I'm with you. I got you. Mm-hmm. And Jenny is like, we need neon classic tickets. It's like huge concert event. And um, Aaron, you know, it, she finds out that she's not able to get tickets through work. She works for Rolling Stone. And so Aaron is like, listen, if we just need to sit here all day and just like, let's just do stuff here. I'm totally down to do that. And I feel like that is exactly what I would do if one of you mm-hmm. were going through a breakup. I was like, if you want to go on a road trip across the country, I guess we're doing that. If you want to stay here and like, <laughs> you know, burn photos of the person you just broke up with, I guess we're doing that, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> and um, I just loved that moment, but it it does bring a lot of context into Jenny's thought process of like she really can't slow down if she slows down then it's enough to allow her to like feel all of the pain that she's feeling mm-hmm. um which would be a boring movie so yeah even the the Lizzo dance party in her underwear is so funny and so relatable and I yes. love that scene when Erin comes in and starts singing with her but now that I'm thinking about it it is actually really sad because she's just like drunk drinking and dancing by herself because she doesn't want to think about Nate I know. like oh Jenny that is really sad okay but now I guess before we get to them all being together we get a flashback and this movie has a lot of flashbacks which sometimes flashbacks really bother me because it it like takes you out of the story but and there's so many of them but at the same time I know that we need like the context of their relationship so this is the flashback of how Jenny and Nate meet she was at a college party to meet another guy that she had been talking to on 
I can't remember if they said which dating app, but an app and he shows up with someone else. So she's obviously kind of upset about it or she, at this point, she's still just looking for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, she overhears Nate talking to another guy and she kind of laughs at what they say. He hears her laugh. He comes over and then kind of from there on they're together ever since. So let's talk about Nate. <laughs> Listen, I have so many things to say about Nate because he is portrayed by Lakeith Stanfield, who is chef's kiss. Amazing. Such a great actor. The first movie I ever saw him in is Short Term 12. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's him and Brie Larson, John Gallagher Jr. Um, It's a little indie film, but it's really, really good. But yeah, he's full on dreamy Mm -hmm. as Nate. Like the charisma, the chat. His eyes? He's always got the intensity or like the loviness. I don't know. There's something about his eyes where you're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Like, am I feeling emotion? Yeah, very confident. Yeah, like, so I do want to talk about the party scene. Hey, I love the interaction between the three girls just having such like such a personal conversation in the middle of a crowded room where it's like, you know, <laughs> as long as we're together, like it's just us. We're the only ones that matter. Here. Right. Like, we're going to keep our eye out for the person we're looking for. But like, I'm here with you guys. I love that kind of camaraderie and best friendship feel to that. Um, but I also I love I loved the scene where Jenny and Nate were talking and he's like, oh, so that guy over there is the guy you, you came here to see and he's, <laughs> he's not here with you. And she's like, no, I, that's a, I don't, he's not, I know. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> Let's go dance and make him a little jelly. Like, <laughs> bitch, are you kidding me? Like, boy, in love. <laughs> that's what, that's what the girls want is we want you to be like, Hey, fuck that guy. I'm right here. Let's, let's go have fun. You don't need him to have fun. I literally, I think that was the moment where I was like, yeah, okay. I stand Nate. Okay. Okay. I do think the flashbacks are super necessary too, because it's really the only way that we get to know Nate and mm-hmm. pretty quickly, True. Nate is not a villain to us, the audience. Mm-hmm. Like we know that there's a breakup. We know that he broke up with her, but we still need all of this context. And I like in the script how they don't feed it to us all at once. Mm -hmm. They're like, let's show you how these two people fell in love with each other. Right. And that's really, I think that's smart. I like that. Um, So now we're back in Jenny's apartment and it's funny to think about them now because like all those friends met in college, they've been together since they were children basically Mm -hmm. because now that we are 30 we look at the college students like children (laughs) which is so funny at the end when like she some girl walks by and they're like oh she is 12 we need to get out of here (laughs) she's probably like 21 yeah um but then Jenny's talking and she's like I leave in a week and I'm then I turn 30 and I die probably (laughs) just so funny Yeah, I will say like watching this in 2019, I'm sure that's how I felt. I'm sure I felt like I have so many things I need to accomplish before I turn 30. And then the pandemic told me to sit down real quick. mm -hmm. And now that I I just turned 31, I'm like, oh, sweet baby. Like, it does not matter. It does not matter. Actually, you're hurting my feelings saying that once you turn 30, you die. (laughs) So if you could change that tune, that would be great. Yeah, I feel the same way. Maybe pre-pandemic, there was this like, oh, there's so much I want to get done before I turn 30. 
And then I turned 30 this year and I'm like really excited for my thirties. I didn't feel a sense of doom or, or gloom, even though like there are still a lot of things I want to want to do and maybe thought I'd be in a different, doing different things or like have a house and a like career path being different or whatever by the time I'm 30, but it's not. And I'm here and life is great. We're learning. Yeah. We're going. Ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. So now they go to get Blair out of work. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Because wait, remind me when they do the FaceTime call with Jenny at the very beginning and Jenny's like, yep, we're going to neon class. We're doing all this. Blair's like, I've got this huge project that I'm working on. I'm running lead on it. I can't miss work today. Mm -hmm. And so when Jenna, Jenna, that's Gina and Jenny put together in case (laughs) we didn't follow my brain path. Um, When Jenny and Aaron are sitting there being like, we need Blair to help us get these tickets. And there is that moment. Is it Jenny or Aaron who is like, we're just going to go in there and we're going to tell her her mom's dead. That was Jenny. Jenny, because she's like drinking. (laughs) Yes. And Aaron is like, wow. That's super fucked up. That's fucked up. She goes, she goes, well, her aunt then. And she's like, I'm afraid you don't know what's fucked up about this situation. (laughs) (laughs) So then they go in and okay, this is the start of my annoyance with the comments on Jenny's outfit. (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah. I think I thought she looks great. So cute. Jean jacket, crop top, joggers. They're not even like gross sweatpants they're joggers which are right. cute <laughs> i hate her sweatpants do you <laughs> oh i'm so sorry i hate her sweatpants they remind me of like sweatpants my dad used to wear to go to bed so I've oh, yeah. i them, i'm like the classic other- gray joggers yes where mm-hmm. I, in my head i was like put her in some black leggings and that outfit would be fire but I do think they're trying to make us feel like she's a mess. Yeah. So they didn't pick they what put I put her in a ratty sweatshirt. Yeah. Like yeah. something with a stain down the front. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she is drinking. Aaron's like, our girl is out there drinking champagne out of a green juice bottle with green juice still in it. Blair's <laughs> like, sounds like a green juice mimosa. Sounds great. She's like, trust me, it's not. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> But I love so, it how they get there and Jenny all of a sudden is like, oh shit, Blair sees us through the window. She's pissed. She doesn't want to come out with us. And to make shit move forward, Aaron bangs on the window and goes, I need to talk to you. Your aunt died. Yeah. <laughs> Just full goes for it. She's like, I'm doing it. I got to do it for Jenny. Yeah, she, oh, they're, so they're all such good friends to each other, which I yeah, really like. Me too. I also love the guy's reaction who's in the meeting with Blair. And he's like, oh, oh my God. Where it's like, that is exactly why Aaron said there was something wrong with this plan. Is like, it's so <laughs> awful to be like, yeah, aunt died. Let's go. You got to come out here right now. Like, oh my gosh. But also... I, in that moment, I was like, I would do that for either of you. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, a terrible news. There's your house burnt down. You got to come with, except for, I usually just tell you guys like poop your pants and nobody will want you at work if you have poop in your pants. So then you can come <laughs> out with me instead. <laughs> I will, I will confirm that. that there were, there were times in college where Emily told me, please shit your pants. So you can come out with me. <laughs> and <laughs> I did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was like, you never did. 
That shows how much you love me. You never pooped your (laughs) pants for me. Well, then you have to go back to work and everyone knows you pooped your pants. That's true. I have never thought about the after effects. I have only felt like if someone around me were to shit their pants at work, I'd be like, go home (laughs) I have never. Wow. Okay. I will rethink my current plan because I truly have never thought about having to walk back into that office after you shit yourself the day before. So sorry. Clearly, I even if you didn't, mind. everyone thought you did, and yeah. that's who you are now—the person who pooped their pants at work. <laughs> Damn. Wow. So now we get another Jenny and Nate flashback in the park where Jenny is kind of at the beginning of her career. She gives him her notebook he reads her writing tells her he's so proud of her they make it their spot it's just a I don't know if we want to like go into the scene but it's just another scene to show that of them falling in love right yeah so now they're walking down the street we're back in the present day three best friends walking down the street deciding what they're gonna do or Aaron the names Aaron pulls out a joint from her yep. pocket and she's like we just catch up it doesn't go bad Blair ketchup goes bad <laughs> then you should definitely not eat our ketchup <laughs> I do love that moment on the soup though when <laughs> Blair isn't gonna smoke weed with them and Jenny is like I just got my ass broken up with like she's like fake crying she's like I have never been lower in my life and you're not gonna smoke this weed with me you're not gonna smoke this magical joint with me and then Blair's like, oh my God, fine, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, Jenny's like, yeah. She's like, you bitch. I also think we could relate to that bad Blair. Bad. Yeah. Blair, bad yeah. Blair. Except for we usually say, do, do, do it Blair. and you're cool. Do okay, it and you're cool. <laughs> Let's talk about Craigslist guy. <laughs> Dude, this is when I really saw all of our personalities come out in a scene together. (laughs) Because first of all, his apartment. Let's just talk about his apartment, the setting. What what is that thing he's riding on? A hoverboard. Yeah, I feel like I should know that. But he's just that's how he walks around his house on the hoverboard. Just (laughs) on a hoverboard. There's like a it's like this, it's oh my gosh. It's like the apartment from Big. Tom Hanks when he oh, gets all it. like there's a trampoline there's toys a, there's yeah. toys everywhere any there's like a gadget floaty blown up in the living room <laughs> yeah there's like a swing or a slide or something like there's just which is awesome <laughs> in a sense yeah. where I'm like I've you know anyone who is he looked younger like 20 yeah. 20 early 20s so if anyone like that we don't know anything about him or why he has so much money but it makes sense why his apartment looks the way he does if right. he's yeah. super rich and 20 it's like, it's like Justin Bieber where you're just a young kid who has a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah what does it say about me that that's kind of my dream apartment I love it that says a lot of shit about you. Yeah, I think it does. Like, I want a pool floaty blown up. I don't want a couch. I want to be able to hang out with my flamingo pool floaty with all my friends. That would be super fun. I would, I would come And there's and just out. a dude sleeping the whole time on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Blair's like, ugh, get away from me. Don't touch me. Stop, stop. And then he asked them what their Harry Potter house is. Right, so he's friendly. Yeah, Aaron says she's a Hufflepuff um Blair's like I'm I identify as a Ravenclaw with a 
you know she what says she? i identify as a slytherin with a ravenclaw moon oh yes <laughs> she's like that is so slytherin of you to say i forget what gina says or jenny potato potato Same yeah. Person. yeah yeah i don't remember i think she says ravenclaw mm-hmm. yeah should we share our harry potter houses oh absolutely any chance i get to tell people about my harry potter lifestyle <laughs> tell what me is it? i'm gryffindor yes i am a hufflepuff with a uh gryffindor moon (laughs) (laughs) i love that i'm definitely a hufflepuff and lately i have been feeling a little tiny smidge slytherin i literally was just gonna say that baby you got some slytherin in you there's a snake (laughs) there's a snake somewhere every part of my personality is very like opposite of each other like if we're gonna go into astrology like aries sun libra moon which Mm -hmm. are totally opposite (laughs) So I'm like, it only makes sense if I'm Hufflepuff and Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I am a Gemini, so I'm just fucking crazy. So. <laughs> I don't know my Zodiac sign, but I also <laughs> am fucking crazy. But I would like to remind you that the sorting hat will let you choose. If you do not know your Hogwarts house, the sorting hat will let you choose. Yeah. You did it for Harry. Yeah. And did it for Hermione. People forget that Hermione also chose Gryffindor over Ravenclaw. True. I think I would choose Hufflepuff if I was both. I would choose Hufflepuff. I really like their common room. And yeah, just, I just want to sit yeah. and read. Just leave Plans. me alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I think I would still be a Gryffindor. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm smart enough for Ravenclaw. I don't think I'm mean enough for Slytherin, but I bet there's a little bit of Slytherin in me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I you're can- full Griff. I think so. Yeah. I have Craig, Craigslist boy is also like, I'm a Gryffindor if anyone wants to know. <laughs> but nobody asked. I got so scared in that scene. Like, I was like, fuck, is that me? Like, am I that? <laughs> no. <guy?"> no. <laughs> Listen, if I didn't think I would break both my ankles on that hoverboard, I would own a hoverboard. Like, that no. looks so fun. I also know I would be on my ass within 12 seconds. <laughs> one of our friends is that dude in that apartment and he shall not be named (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah now anyone listening is gonna be like are they talking about is it me (laughs) if you think we're talking about you we are we're talking about you (laughs) um and then i love his comment that he makes about his dog he's like why would i not name my dog barbara streisand she's a legend i love female directors guy is so cringy he's so cringy the whole time and he because he has all this money he has access to all the best drugs all the best weed and she's like beyonce smokes this (laughs) (laughs) but i love it because again i see our personalities come out so strongly (laughs) so strongly in this scene because he's like i just wanted to meet some females you know, my friend came <laughs> earlier and I gave him the neon, what is it called? Neon, neon classic. classic. I gave him the neon classic tickets. So I don't have any, any tickets. <laughs> and Jenny is like, she, the first thing she does is just burst out laughing. And I'm like, the tension in the room just gets bigger <laughs> and bigger. Cause I would be pissed, but she's like laughing about it. She's like, you ain't got no tickets. <laughs> you ain't got no tickets and then she like <laughs> lunches at him oh so funny and as they're leaving she steals a bottle and she just uncorks it with her mouth <laughs> oh. who do you feel like is jenny in this scene emily I'm scared. <laughs> if we were to get conned you would laugh 
and you would be like, you a stupid bitch and I'm going to fight you, but I'm also going to steal your shit on the way out. <laughs> and Mac would be Aaron stopping her and I would exactly. be in the corner like, everything's fine. We're happy. We're good. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But then steal the Beyonce weed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bad Blair. She back. Bad Blair. Um, Bad Blair. <laughs> okay. So now they're outside and they run into Nate's cousin, which I hate her. I didn't need this. I did not need this scene at all. It was kind of like, I didn't really understand the point of it because it didn't lead anywhere. She didn't come back. Like, we yeah, didn't have a flashback with her. We didn't see her at Neon Classic. We didn't see them interact any other time except for I think the I only see. thing in the story that she drops is that Nate is going to be at Neon Classic. And Aaron says right. something like, do you want to talk about that? And Jenny dismisses oh, it. Oh, yeah. But like, no, duh, Nate is going to be at Neon Classic. Like, I, as the audience member, didn't need to be told that necessarily. Like, right. that was obvious to me. Right. I'm maybe I'm guessing that their point of that scene was to further reiterate that Jenny is like a mess in her outfit because later, I think like kind of right after that scene, they split up. Blair goes yeah. to pick up the tickets from Matt, who we haven't really talked about yet, and the other two go to Leah, Aaron's Leah's girlfriend, store, yeah. Leah's store to get Jenny a new outfit. So maybe it was just kind of like to further reiterate she needs a change of clothes yeah. and. Nate's gonna be there but yeah I agree it didn't really need to be said (laughs) yeah okay let's talk about Matt for a second so when Mm -hmm. they after they smoke pot on the stoop before they before they go to Craigslist guys Craigslist man's (laughs) house um they go into a restaurant and eat because Blair has the munchies oh yeah Mm -hmm. um and another Aaron moment that I connected with she's like I am just loving watching you scarf down these carbohydrates right now (laughs) Yeah, because she's probably the one who's like, I only eat salad. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Um, but then this Matt character comes through and Jenny is like, please tell me that this fool is not walking into this restaurant right now. <laughs> and because that is the crush that she had in college that kind of left her down and out and kind of ditched her, ghosted her, whatever. And the first time I watched this, I was very attracted to that character. Throughout the entire movie, I was like, okay, I would be in love with that idiot. Like he doesn't treat women the best, you know, he's, he's probably a player, but like, I would waste my time on somebody like that for sure. This time when I watched it, I was like, "Mm, I kind of get the ick from you. And once I get the ick, it doesn't go away. (laughs) I don't know. What was your first reaction to that character? I felt very mixed. I, I feel like I kind of hate him because he is ick but I also relate to Blair when she's like don't smile at me yeah. <laughs> you have a very nice smile and it makes me fucking confused <laughs> that's how I feel because he is so gross and like the first I didn't really notice it the first time I feel like I was much more like "Ooh, we like him for Blair or this time like it bothered me that he was still like making comments to Jenny and like staring at her when he like took her to the after party and like little things like that where I'm like oh are you still a gross player or are you actually like do you actually really like Blair I don't know Emily what'd you think I um I love Matt for (laughs) all of the wrong reasons (laughs) exactly what you guys said like I don't think you need to be in a relationship with everyone you're intimate with Mm -hmm. and um I also like I don't know. I've got it in my head. And maybe this wasn't how I felt. I honestly don't remember how I felt about Matt watching it in 2019. Cause I think I was so focused on Jenny when I watched it then. 
but re-watching it like I truly think that Blair is in control of that situation mm-hmm. so even though he is a complete douche mm-hmm. he's like stupid a little bit he's like <laughs> gross to women there's I, some consent there's some good consent moments in there right definitely moments yeah, yeah definitely and Blair like she isn't just like oh you can treat me like trash it's fine I still like you because you're cute she's like I find you infuriating I think you're disgusting but you're really good at what you're doing so don't stop and <laughs> right you know what as mm-hmm. long as there is clear communication I think the problem comes in if you're going to be like a quote-unquote player I don't know if I love that term but mm-hmm. it, historically that's understandable sure you're gonna be a player but you communicate to other people like hey like yes I am gonna spend time with you and yes we are gonna be intimate but this is not gonna be a like this is not we are we are not exclusive we are not gonna turn this into anything like if you are looking for a relationship I am not looking for a relationship if there's that clear communication and everyone is on the same page I have no problem with that like yeah he's he's cute he's witty he's charming he's sarcastic and he's a raging douchebag <laughs> and I'm kind of like hey if you have all of the information get weird like get weird about it like, yeah that's such a good point fun. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Blair Blair does go to Brooklyn she volunteers his tribute to go get the tickets that he will give the three of them um and at first you just think that she's like falling on the sword to go to Brooklyn Mm-hmm. and going to see him because they're all yeah they all apparently are annoyed with him and who he is as a person and then there's just like instant flirting when she walks into that office yes. space and she's mm-hmm. like what do you even do here and he's like absolutely <laughs> nothing and I even when I just watched it again for the for this podcast I completely forget that Blair has a boyfriend that is <laughs> the oh, like, yeah. whitest piece of bread I've ever seen in my life like I completely <laughs> forget about that kid completely so I'm I'm into that scene and I'm into it for Blair and he does say if you want me to stop I'll stop and there there is that like tension in the room that like should be fun for everyone if oh everyone's God, okay I with love it that. anytime that you have that like connection with another person and they're like do you remember this and it's like that's hot yeah I thought that they had really good they had really good chemistry and that whole scene like you can feel the tension between them so then when they're done though and he's like by the way I couldn't get you on the VIP list (laughs) but those are GA GA tickets she was like are you fucking kidding me that was not GA intercourse (laughs) I love that she says intercourse too. It's just like, it's, it's her like prim and proper personality come out. Like she has on the outside, like the uptight prim and proper, but like, yeah. she's got that naughty side that comes out. So I love that she Blair. says it. <laughs> and then when she walks away, she like smirks. So, you know, that she's like happy. Or, yeah. You know, she's, she's feeling satisfied. Herself. Yeah. She was down <laughs> with what happened. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk more about Aaron and Leah, because now we're or Jenny and Aaron go to Leah's store um, to change Jenny's apparently horrible outfit. <laughs> Cause she looks like a trash bin apparently. <laughs> yeah. And Leah's like 30% off the whole store breakup discount. So <laughs> she goes in the fitting room 
And then Leah and Aaron are having, again, kind of like an awkward inter interaction. Like you can tell they really like each other, but Aaron is making it weird because she wants, or Leah wants her to go to brunch and meet with her friends. And she's just like, not responding really. Yeah. I loved Leah. I love all of these side characters in this movie. Well, I guess, except for, I'm sorry, what's the boyfriend's name? Will? Will. Mm -hmm. I like all of the side characters, except maybe for Will, who feels a bit like a character, but somebody mm -hmm. like Leah, she was just so chill and she was meeting Aaron where she was at. Yeah. She was like, hey, if you need more time for this, like I'm going to grant you time. If you want to be all in on this, I'm ready to be all in. And it was just so cool to see different variances of relationships right. with the side characters in this. Mm -hmm. Like you have the, the mats, which are like the quote unquote players or the, you know, don't want any strings attached. You have the Leah's that are willing to wait and are just letting this thing be casually and letting it grow how it's going to grow. I, it was just really refreshing because there's so many ways to have relationships in life right. and there's so many different ways to come together as two people. And I don't know. I just, I found her so refreshing mm -hmm. and that actress, I just found to be so natural on screen. Like I did not feel like she was acting yeah. at all. She was also one of the only characters I felt like that wasn't a hot mess or like not yeah. even just a hot mess. I shouldn't say that, but like who, who was very put together like the three best friends. And I'm sure we didn't see everything. I'm sure she's still working through some of her own things, but she just felt very like mature and mm -hmm. in her element, which I, right. Yeah. She felt yeah. very, um, she felt it was a different form of confidence than you mm -hmm. see from other characters, but mm -hmm. yeah, I just thought it was dope. And again, Jenny still like should be very drunk. And she's, yeah, she's, she seems very sober after smoking blunts and um, drinking, drinking like full bottles of tequila and whiskey. Cause like at this point, the Craigslist tequila has disappeared. Right. Craig, Craigslist <laughs> guy. So I'm, I'm assuming they've drank it. <laughs> yeah. And she still seems very coherent. <laughs> I was going to say, not that I would know from experience of any kind, like <laughs> when you drink liquor, and then smoke a joint like maybe it would be just me if I had ever done that <laughs> in my life which I haven't dad I feel like we mentioned this a couple of times throughout while we were watching the movie where we were all like how is she not on the floor <laughs> so now we get another flashback and I found this scene super uncomfortable because I hate aggressive conflict yeah I'm not so passive that I can't have a conversation I feel like I used to be when I was a lot younger but now like when I fight or when Ian and I have disagreements I I just hate like yelling yeah <laughs> and so I want to like actually have a conversation and so when they're screaming at each other and saying fuck you fuck you and she shoves him I'm just like Ugh. I don't know what did you guys think of that scene I agree. I was also uncomfortable, but I think I was uncomfortable because she was the aggressor. And oh, yeah. it's another reason to, to kind of, I like the writing choice because you, you feel for Nate because he's like, why are you saying fucking to me? Like, what is this? We do not curse at each other. You can tell yeah. like, there's all this context there of like, we are not these people that fight in the street. Mm -hmm. We are not the people that shove each other when we're a disagreement. Like what is going on right now? 
I love this scene and I think we're supposed to feel uncomfortable. So I liked the feeling of uncomfortability throughout it. But I also think that there is a sense that when you know somebody so well and you like you have all of these layers with this person, sometimes it's the people you care about the most that it is the easiest to be cruel to, mm-hmm. which is so ass backwards and so unfortunate. Like you would think that you're just going to be mean and cruel to the person who cut you off on the road and flick them off. And that's where you take that aggression out or something like that. Someone you don't know or won't ever see again. But I do think that there is that, I mean, when you know somebody so well, it's easy mm-hmm. to be like, you already have seen all of these parts of me. So I am just going to immediately right now react out of anger. Mm-hmm. And that morphs into the next scene, which, so there's more uncomfortability for the audience. Well, and for them, but they're in bed now. They're facing away from each other. She's like, got her fingers on her nose where she's like, or pinching the bridge of her nose. Like, ugh, I know I have to apologize. I fucked up. She turns around and he's like, I know you don't need to say it. And then they have very fast sex, which then ends really uncomfortable because you can see on her face she well let me know what you guys think is is going on in her head because I know it like looks uncomfortable because it lasted so like 15 seconds and maybe like maybe she's like oh I didn't get anything out of it but maybe like Emily said when we watched it together they had sex because maybe they thought it would fix things right but then it was over and it didn't part of me loved that he was like I know like Mm -hmm. I know you you didn't mean it I know this but at the same time and maybe this is me just being a little bit of an asshole but I was like no I want to hear her say it yeah yeah I felt that way too such power in an apology and I feel like we become so accustomed to being Mm -hmm. like oh I'm sorry and it's like oh thanks for saying sorry that's good but I also think there's power in being like hey here's what I'm sorry for. I I was disrespectful. I was cruel. I should not have spoken to you like that. Like, I love you and I care about you and I will work to change this. I'm so sorry. Like Mm -hmm. naming the thing that you are apologizing for, A, I think is going to solidify it in your head and make it even easier for the next time that you're in a situation like that for you to remember like, oh, I remember last time I I reacted like this and it made this person feel this way. It made me feel this way. I'm going to try and rearrange my thoughts right now to make this not be just a repeat of what we've already done. So I did like that he was like, I know, I know, I know. But also I was like, no, girl, spill your guts. Like you- He let let her off the hook. Yes. And that was an ugly fight. Like that was was something she should have- Apologized. Yeah. 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 And so I, I truly think that they were like, let's just get back to the good. Let's just get back to the good. And maybe mm-hmm. this was their first time of doing something intimate and vulnerable and something that they've been doing for years and years and years. And it usually brings them together. Mm-hmm. And I think the reaction after they've had sex is her being like, oh my God, we're still distance. This is a comedy still, but there's heavy scenes. Yeah. And I feel like with a lot of comedies, after a heavy scene, we get a funny scene. So mm-hmm. now we go home. Blair gets home from her <laughs> rendezvous with Matt. And she grabs a glass of wine. She sits on the couch. 
And all of a sudden, Will pops out with cleaning gloves on and yells, who farted? And she spills all over herself. (laughs) And he's like, oh, gosh, do you want me to get the cleaning stick? (laughs) She's like, yes, get the stain stick or whatever they call it. So then they end up, she asks him, like, are you happy? He's like, of course, honey, I'm always, I'm happy with you. She's like, cause I don't know if I am. And then he says, thank God. Okay. Whew. Like he lets himself be like, it's yeah. literally like he is like a Stepford wife. Yeah. Like he is like this image that he should be. And then he's like, oh my God, I can't wait to take this stupid fucking polo off. <laughs> I'm no, I'm never wearing khakis again. But what I liked about this, this scene too, is that, or just Blair's character is that I feel like she got that push to break up with him because of Jenny and, and Nate. It's kind of like when, if you're really unhappy at your job, but you just stay there because you're comfortable, but then you see one of your coworkers quit and you're like, oh, you can, they can quit. I can quit. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of times in job that happens where there's like a bunch of people quit it in a, in a row or like people leave at the same time because you, one person does it and you're like, Oh, Oh, it's okay. So I don't know if that was maybe part of the decision for Blair where she's like, Oh, I can actually break up with him. I can change. I can change my plan for myself. Well, that does happen in friendship groups too. I mean, more so I feel like in college, but like one couple would break up and then there would be four more breakups Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh wait, we don't have to stay in place. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I do think that she sees some of that freedom that even a day later Jenny has of like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm single and I need to figure this out. And it's cool that Blair is like, I need to figure this out too. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go do that. Um, okay. So now Blair goes over to meet with her other, meet with the other girls and they are having a rally nap, which is again, so relatable. So relatable. <laughs> and then there's another montage, which again, like sometimes we're like, ah, we don't need montages, but I really like the scene of them like getting ready for the night. And then they go to the, ja- the gas station. And this is another scene where I'm like, this is, <laughs> so hilarious and relatable (laughs) because Jenny like all of a sudden a song starts coming on dreaming of you and yeah by Selena oh my (laughs) god (laughs) and she starts singing and Aaron's like cool like what Mac of what you said before she's always just going with the flow situation she's like let's just get some snacks while she sings it out And then she gives her a string cheese and Jenny uses it as a microphone and they all end up singing together. And it's just amazing. So they go to Neon Classic and this is where we see Nate again. And the three of the friend, Aaron, Jenny and Blair have a pretty bigger, or like a, one of the bigger fights of the movie between the friends, at least um, because Aaron is like, what the hell? You only wanted to come here because Nate's here and I'm trying to help you and yeah what would you do in the situation like who who did you relate to more like Jenny or I guess of all of them because Blair is being like Switzerland yeah we're fine you're pretty you're pretty this is a good song (laughs) I will say I've had an evening like this with our (laughs) our dear babe Emily (laughs) am I boy crazy I feel like you, Honey, you know your boy crazy. You've already identified that you are boy, boy crazy. <laughs> like this is known, but we were at a bar, a club, whatever you want to call it, a brothel. And 
there was a dance floor on the Bro. lower level. <laughs> there was a dance floor on the lower level. And there was like booths on top. And we had a booth for some unknown reason. I don't I don't know why I was even there that night. I need to know. Was this at Poorhouse? Poorhouse. Thank you. And oh my gosh, Poorhouse. The gentleman caller that Emily was seeing at that time. <laughs> okay, you have now said brothel and gentleman caller. Yeah, I'm painting a picture. If my father listens to this, he's going to think I'm a whore or a pimp. <laughs> Timmy, she's both. Okay. And so this gentleman caller was like a will they, won't they situation for, for this period of time. And this uh, gentleman, I don't even like calling him a gentleman, but this man <laughs> decided this it was boy. a good thing. Yeah. This child decided it was a good opportunity <laughs> to go to the dance floor and start dancing and making out with a different person. That was not Emily, even though Emily was looking fire that night when I told you <laughs> and my pants and my what did my <laughs> and what did Emily do did she go up and separate them and call him out no Emily stood over the balcony over my and kingdom. dramatically watched <laughs> from the upstairs so if you're this dude you're dancing on the dance floor and you look up and the girl you came with is just throwing daggers at you from the balcony <laughs> Let me add to this story though, because we were celebrating a friend of mine's birthday. Yes. And we had a VIP booth. Like yes. we were like, like, and he was not friends with my friends. Correct. At any point throughout our relationship, he, my friends did not like this dude. Correct. Which red flag number fucking one. I should have paid closer <laughs> attention. I'm aware now. I'm older now. I'm smarter now. I got it. But I like, literally, I, I don't. I do believe you when you say that I was very dramatically staring down at the dance floor because I was fucking devastated because I brought you here with all of my friends. I brought you to this cool place. We have this cool booth. Like, yeah. I am not a VIP booth girl. Like right. I'm a dive bar girl. Yeah. It, it was crushing to be like, I have this cool fucking thing happening and you still don't see me. Like you still yeah. are choosing somebody else. And like, but that's what I like about you is that like your level of crush, like I would be crying in the corner. Somebody get me a cab and get me the fuck out of here. Your, your process of being crushed is not to ruin your night. It's to say, I'm going to still have fun. This is still an opportunity for me to go have a night out regardless right. of what your actions are going to be. So while you had that dramatic moment, I still remember having a great night that night. I also was not experiencing what you were experiencing. So I was a little bit Aaron and Blair that was just like, well, I'm still going <laughs> to take hype Molly and go have a good time. But it's su such a relatable scene to this movie because it's very funny. Looking back on that night, I would have handled it differently today. That That is the scene where my heart really broke because you're mm -hmm. choosing yourself in that moment. Both yeah. of them were choosing themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And right before that scene, when she's in the bathroom after she drops her phone in the toilet, um, they they do another flashback. I think it's kind of like the final flashback in the movie, and it's the breakup scene. It's like a it's another like awkward, not awkward, but just like it's an uncomfortable scene, and you're supposed to feel uncomfortable because it's a breakup. She's super upset, and you can tell he's kind of like shut his emotions off because he's probably really feeling it. She's crying into his neck, being like, 
<laughs> like I'm don't don't do this to us don't end us what if we're don't. supposed to be together although there was conflict in their relationship like nobody did anything wrong right and I think that's why she fights so hard for it in this scene it's like mm. no matter what no matter how many fights they've had no matter how many times they've gone to sleep facing away from each other or something like that like there is this deep sense of care that they have for one another what a ride that's right my relationship this is <laughs> fictional characters and I'm like god damn mm-hmm. it I hope they're good right now what a what a trip <laughs> yeah I almost feel like this is a bit of the climax of the movie because there's the that the fight scene between Jenny and Aaron and Blair and then the whole thing the breakup scene with Nate and then she runs him to Matt he's like let me take you to the after party and then Blair and Aaron have a fight of their own Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this is where Aaron kind of has her understanding moment because Aaron and Blair are fighting and Blair is kind of calling her out and saying like you are stuck in the past like you don't want to grow up. I want to have a best friend who wants to go to the farmer's market with me and you sleep <laughs> through it every weekend. <laughs> and you can see, and this it's interesting because like, I get it. I get where Blair is coming from of like, we're 30 now. It's not cute anymore to do X, Y, Z. But at the same time, I, I fully understand where Erin is coming from because she has a lot of fear of change. Yeah. And like, if I grow up, in quote, like, well, however, whatever that means for her, I'm scared of what that means for, for me and everyone's changing. Jenny's leaving. Yeah. So did you guys relate to Aaron here? I totally related to that of like, you hit 30, you're supposed to have all of these things accomplished. If you don't have them accomplished, maybe you'll get them done in the next couple of years. But like uh, the expectation of what life should be like, and, and meeting what life is actually like, like that conflict is so common. The way I related to these characters is coming from Blair's standpoint, I have had the experience of being like, hey, for me personally, I don't want to keep doing what I've been doing. Like, I don't want to go to the bar every night and get fucking tanked and feel like trash <laughs> the next day. I mean, now at my age, I, I can't do that because it's not <laughs> the next day I feel like trash. It's the next 12 years I will yeah. feel like trash. <laughs> But like, like I, I want to change it up. Like I want to, I want to wake up and go for a walk in the morning, or I want to go do this one day. I mm-hmm. want to get a dog. And like the way I'm going about things right now, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And in the way that Blair tells Aaron, like you, like, I want these things. I want these things. Um, I feel like I have been that person, but I also mm-hmm. have not expected anyone else to grow and change with me in that same way. So I admire Blair in this scenario of having the bravery to be honest with her friend and be like, here's what I want and here's what I'm not getting. So maybe that maybe that gave Erin the boost of courage she needed to go up to Leah's or maybe it was Blair's words or a mixture of both, but they end up going to Leah, Leah's house and Erin shares her feelings and she tells her about her past and it's a, they say like, I think I love you. I think I love you too, which is super cute. So and it, sweet. You, can, you can tell it's like a really big deal for Aaron yeah. to do that. Yeah. So it's like, you're so proud of her in that, in the, in that moment as the audience. Yeah, definitely. And, and then Leah- in the background, 
you have Blair who's high watering plants. And when I tell you, I've never seen Katie Lou on screen in such uh, clear vision. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm going to give you guys your space to have this conversation. <laughs> I am also going to water your plants while, while you have this conversation. <laughs> while dancing, she has headphones in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now Blair and Aaron are still trying to find Jenny. They go to the after party place. She's not there because Jenny is like, I'm going to go finish this. And we don't know what that means yet, but she tells Matt, they'll know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Because Aaron's like, we know she's a dramatic or bitch is dramatic. We know this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so then of course now Blair and Matt go at it again in the bathroom and Aaron walks in. I I love this because (laughs) I would like to believe that if I walked in on my friend having sex in the bathroom at a bar, I would do exactly what Aaron did, which would be close the door, let them have their moment. But on the outside, be like, you go, girl. Are you okay? (laughs) Do you need anything? Do you need some water? And then she opens it again and she's like, wow. Okay. I'll be outside. (laughs) You finish this. We have something to do, but hurry it up. I love, I love the mix of like, quote, bad Blair mixing with like her. Oh no, I just got caught being bad Blair. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I love that scene again, because one, you know, I know we've talked about Matt, but you're kind of team Matt at this point because he's Mm -hmm. apologized to Jenny. He clearly is into Blair. There's that Mm -hmm. chemistry there. And, And she's like, can you please get out of me so I can go do what I need to do. Like she, again, what Emily said in the beginning, like she has the power in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So I really liked that. That was Mm -hmm. hilarious. So they figure out where Jenny is. She's at Washington square Mm -hmm. (laughs) and quote, finishing the relationship or finding her, her closure. And I'd love to know your thoughts on the scene because we find out. So there's a scene where Jenny is sitting at their spot um, where we saw the flashback earlier mm-hmm. and Nate walks up and he's, he's apologizing. He's saying, I, I, we shouldn't have broke up. I'm sorry. Like we can try long distance. And then Jenny wakes up and you realize it was a dream. So I'd love to know, were you upset or were you glad that it didn't happen that way? The moment I saw him walk up immediately, I was like, no like god damn it like I already felt the closure of this like mm-hmm. you're too late don't say anything why are you here go away like and then of course you hear him say all of these things that it's like okay I can understand that he's saying quote all the right things right now like this mm-hmm. is what Jenny wanted to hear 12 hours ago yeah mm-hmm. and literally the moment she wakes up I felt such relief (laughs) and I was like thank god that wasn't real yeah Yeah, I agree your thoughts I felt relief when it was a dream because if that had been real the film would have been about that relationship and I don't think the film is about that relationship I think that film is about female friendship yeah and so I, I would it would have just been a huge big old bummer if all of a sudden it was about getting Nate back mm-hmm. because right. I think the reason he's not the villain is because he really chose this for himself and that's mm-hmm. okay. 
And Matt says something to her before she leaves about like, be grateful for the pain because you know, it was real. So she kind of uses that. I think as closure as well. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. I felt differently the first time and second time I watched this. So to put that in context, the first time I watched this, I was kind of upset that it was a dream. And I think it's because I was just watching it as a comedy, like as a rom-com quote. Oh, sure. (laughs) Very surface level. I did not like this time watching it. I really thought about every little thing, obviously, because we're talking about it on a podcast. But the first time I did not think about all those detailed little things. And I thought the ending was really well, really well done with their, the the trio of friends. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it ended was them being best friends. But when I, when she first woke up and I realized it was a dream, I was a little like, oh, dang, because I'm like, happy endings. Like, yeah, they'll fix it, whatever. But again, I was watching it very surface level. And so now this time I did, I was very glad that they did not end up together in the end because it would have made the movie like totally different, almost like yeah. not so pointless, <laughs> but the, the message would have been very different and not as powerful so I really like what they did yeah me too and now we're at the end scene which first of all I love that they're just being best friends and talking about even when I move we're still gonna FaceTime when we take our morning poops and Blair's like I will not be joining in (laughs) I never need to see you guys poop I never need that (laughs) she's like why it's so fun (laughs) some one of you were like hey I'm pooping can we FaceTime I'd be like fuck yes we can FaceTime but at the same time I know Mackenzie would never I wouldn't I would hang up on you I wouldn't instigate I don't think and if I was the only one pooping I would not be okay with that (laughs) if we were (laughs) if we were for nothing (laughs) yeah we either all poop or nobody poops This whole end scene is hilarious because then they see that girl who they think they're like, that girl is 12. We need to go. And then Jenny gets up and barfs <laughs> into the fountain. That was such a shock because <laughs> I think the, yeah. the drunk girl walking across the scene as the girls are like, oh yes, it's time to go. That was those girls like very recently like yeah was, like a couple of years ago that would have been them so it's <laughs> like a testament to the growth that they're doing together but also separately to be like oh okay a ghost of our past run run yeah run. yeah and then have jenny be like yeah hold up one second and barb in the <laughs> fountain you kind of remember that they are like they've been drinking and doing yeah, drugs right. all day and you kind of yeah. forget about that because they're having such like comprehensive serious moments right. which would not be like not be me. So now we can move on I guess to our one of our favorite parts I would say is casting and I'm so excited to hear what you guys chose because like I, I'm interested to see if you guys actually narrowed it down to one person for casting or if you did combinations or maybe this one person at this one scene so let's start with mac emily who did you cast mac as at one point or another actually no at multiple points throughout the movie i saw each of us in every single character i fully agree like like even the side characters even nate's cousin even will like there were moments where i was like oh we know who that was oh we know who that was (laughs) So I, um, after we watched it together and I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, I got in my own head and I was like, you're trying too hard right now. (laughs) So in a way, 
I don't want to say I gave up, <laughs> but I gave myself an out and I was like, focus on the three girls, do it very surface level, like big picture. Who do you see this person as? Mm. So um, with that in mind, giving myself a little bit of release to just yeah. something that made sense in my head, Mac, I did cast you as Jenny. Um, and I cast you as Jenny because Jenny is a writer. Jenny is hilarious. I wrote um, truly the scene where she's dancing in her apartment. Like I, can, <laughs> I could literally remove Gina Rodriguez from that scene and put you into it. I don't know if Lizzo would be the song you would go with, but it would be loud and it would be amped up and it would be fun. Like I, I truly saw you in Jenny so many times throughout this movie. Um, especially as she was writing, especially as she was sharing, um, and especially in her, I don't want to say awkward moments, but in her awkward moments where she's just saying exactly what comes to her mind, those truly reminded me of you. So I cast you as Jenny. <laughs> I feel like my casting was a little more chaotic, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the journey with you, baby. We're on the journey. But I did, so I, I cast us all as a mixture of the three girls, but also, so with that being said, I, I said, Mac, you were a mix of Jenny and Erin. Um, everything that Emily just said, her being a writer and this, just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like even writing to get through your feelings and to share things with the world and stuff that I felt like that was very you and of, of course the dance party <laughs> and but with Erin like you've been kind of saying this whole episode of her kind of being that ride or die like I'll meet you where you're at we're gonna make this like all whatever you want to do if you want to chill at home if you want to go out and have a crazy night we're gonna do it we're gonna make mm -hmm. it happen we're gonna have a rally nap and then we're going to we're gonna just go with the flow and get it together so I I definitely felt like you're a mix of Jenny and Erin but I also still said Subway Girl <laughs> <laughs> with her, like, again, kind of, kind of Aaron vibes with like meeting someone where they're at, like some drunk girl comes and sits by you and you're like, yeah, you're so pretty. Why would someone break up with you? You're so nice. And then being like, okay, I'm over it. Yeah. That scene, that scene, especially <laughs> how it made me think of the story you told me about the man who came up to you at the gas station and was like, can I have some money for gas? And you were like, if you get away, like literally give me my space. <laughs> I also can see you thriving in New York city. Yeah. Like yeah. the moment your feet hit the New York city streets, like you live in booty hole, Brooklyn, and that is your <laughs> domain. Like I can absolutely see that. But the subway girl, truly the subway girl of how she's very closed off, very New York in that first instant of like, bitch, what on earth? <laughs> and then she starts listening to the woman she's trying to ignore and is like, wait a second, he did, what? No. Like, <laughs> and then you being like, okay, now I just remembered you're a stranger. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm over <laughs> this. And also, if anyone from Brooklyn is listening, Booty Hole Brooklyn is a quote from the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, I love Brooklyn, okay? We love it. Listen we to stand. me, I love Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn because of the Newsies. I've never been to Brooklyn, but I have nothing against Brooklyn. I haven't either. Okay, I'll take you both there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I agree. I think all three of us fit into all three of these main characters in some parts of the movie. So I identified with Blair 
she's a little bit outwardly prudish. Like, I don't really know how to show my affection when I'm attracted Mm. to somebody and I'm a little bit messy through it. And thank God I've never settled into a relationship, but I could totally see me in my younger years having done that if that had happened to me and then mm-hmm. waking up one day and being like oh my god he's boring as hell <laughs> <You know? laughs> um but I also really related to Jenny just the writing and um kind of her yeah like the way that she deals with things of like I'm gonna make today the best it can be I'm gonna get out of the house I'm gonna go do shit to take my mind off things I cast myself as Aaron because I think I saw maybe some, not negative qualities, but some opportunities for growth (laughs) Um, (laughs) through that character of like her, her hesitancy to commit to somebody, you know, like I definitely related to that in my, in my romantic life. Um, She has these deep friendships, which can kind of fill that void, which I think in my twenties, that's kind of what I told myself. And she also calls people out while working on her own shit. You know, she doesn't say she's perfect, but she also is going to be like, um, okay, what you're doing is a little bit crazy. So let's reel (laughs) it in. Let's find a mutual landing ground here. Cool. So Emily, again, I did, I did a little of, of both here, but I did, I cast you as a mix of Aaron and Blair. So um, I did our combinations, but all of our combinations are different, at least. (laughs) So Aaron and Blair, I felt like, like with Aaron, similar things of what I said for Mac, but just like, obviously a very good friend. She is so fun and and energetic and likes to just like be the life of the party and like have I don't want to say like, doesn't want to grow up in the, in a bad way, but like in a good way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just her being there for everybody through the whole movie. I just love, she's one of, she's one of my favorites, Aaron. Um, but Blair also in the sense of <laughs> maybe be, maybe liking the bad boys, <laughs> you're, yeah. you, you can be, <laughs> I, th- I think that you can be spontaneous like right. Blair. Um, in the sense of like she a lot of times has an appearance of like wanting to be put together and like I'm Prim and Blair but like her bad Blairness I is very like spontaneous and I saw that in in use too so but I also go ahead go ahead one more thing I was gonna say I said this earlier but that scene of Will cleaning someone else's apartment and yelling who farted was Emily (laughs) oh also with Erin and her favorite mug being the toilet mug I'm like yeah Emily. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But like you have cleaned other people's apartments and you definitely have said who's farted. <laughs> yes. So I cast Emily as Jenny. Um look at us, Mac. Look I know. At look at us. I people don't know this. Emily doesn't like to claim this, but Emily is also a fantastic writer. And you are um, so good. And um I, you know, she had this journey of moving across the country. She, when I originally watched this movie, she related to Jenny in a lot of ways, just with what was happening in her life. So I've always kind of seen her in that role. And I think that Emily is the life of the party. I tell people all the time, she has an extra set of batteries somewhere. Like when we (laughs) start at 4 PM, my girl will be up until 4 AM. It does not matter. She wants to keep that party train going. 
you know, I, when I saw <laughs> in the movie, when she was, um, that, that handle or whatever, whatever size of booze she has, and it had straws in it. <laughs> she was like <laughs> deep in reflection of, of thinking about a memory. I was like, I think I've seen Emily do exactly that <laughs> before. It's just friendship. probably a Jameson bottle. Yeah, but... exactly. No, I feel you. Yeah. Oh, and her singing in the grocery store too. Exactly. Yeah. That was when it solidified to me because <laughs> I would not start the song. But if my baby is having an issue in a, in a bodega and she needs me to sing along with her, listen, <clears throat> I will, I will warm up my vocal cords. <laughs> you will pass me my string cheese microphone. And I will. Sing it I, would do that. I would do that for you in a heartbeat. <laughs> I cast myself as Aaron. Um, and I think a big part that played into that for me is the first time I saw this movie, I was Jenny. Like, <laughs> yeah, hands down, I was Jenny. Um, and I think it was very refreshing to revisit this at a different stage in my life where like, I'm no longer like I, to be able to come at it from a completely different mindset, instead of the girl who's working through a breakup, the girl who's trying to find her, her next step forward. I very much related to the best friend who was like, cool, I will meet you where you are. Let's, let's dance to Lizzo in your kitchen. Like, let's, let's go get some Molly. Let's go to this fucking show. Um, but I will tell you, she's very sarcastic and I mean, she's very funny, but one of the things that I was a little bit surprised to relate to so much with Erin this go around are her commitment issues. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is something I like, I know this about myself now, and I don't know if it's the past relationship that has affected this, but like I, instead of being the one who's so willing to like jump in and be in this relationship right now. Now, instead, I'm this type of person who is like, okay, I see all these things that I like, and I see all these things that I, that I want, but like, I know that in the past, I've also seen and wanted these things. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait over here for just a minute, like, and seeing her be able to work through that with Leah and to take that brave step of being like, I have baggage, like, look at all my suitcases. <laughs> like, if you still want this. I'll show you what's in my first suitcase tonight. Like, let's just crack it open. Fine. Okay, let's okay. do Katie. Mac, who did you cast Katie as? I cast Katie as Bad Blair, baby. Yeah! <laughs> um, I, I feel like Katie always gets cast as like the skinny, quiet, blonde chick in movies. So I don't mean to keep this trope going. You are a fully fleshed out human being. And I promise you that. But what I loved about Blair is that she was both sides of a coin and yeah. she by the end of the film allowed herself to be both so both sides of that coin and i cast you as bad bad blair because i have never seen you pass up a good time in my life and yeah. you are ready to party you are ready to paint the town red if that is what we're doing but you also you know have um responsibilities that you tend to I just feel like in general, you're a very responsible person and you're like, if we have to get up at eight o'clock. That's what we're going to do. But you know how to have a good time. Definitely. Um, and if we were on a stoop together and one of us found a joint, you would participate. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what did you, uh, who did you cast Katie as? I also cast Katie as Blair. Um, rounding out our trio, our general, general, our Jenny, Aaron, Blair trio. Um, I cast Katie as Blair because Blair struck me as 
someone who's just inherently good. Mm-hmm. Like even in her bad Blair moments, like there is nothing bad done. Like <laughs> she's not shoving her boyfriend on the street. She's not screaming at him. She's not whatever. Like everything that she does is inherently good. And she's also very much a peacekeeper of like yeah. those scenes where she's like, everyone's pretty, everything's okay. <laughs> You're doing this because of this. You're doing this because of this. We're all here and happy. Everything's good. But it really, that scene where Aaron and Blair go to Leah's and first of all, she's Leah or um, Blair's <laughs> a little bit lit. So she walks in and is like, you're rich. I have seen you like sometimes where you like say something and then you're like, I'm sorry I said that. And it's like, no girl, you were right. You meant that. That was good. That was good. But when she puts the headphones in and she's dancing around and she's watering the plants, like I, I cannot express to you how that she touches that one plant and she's like, it's real. Yes. Like I, I imagine this is what you would be like if you were wasted in like Home Depot or a plant store where you're like, cool. Look at this one. Like truly that, that is what sent me. But so sticking with my combos here, I cast myself as Blair and Jenny. Um, so I said, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being real, real, I, I definitely see myself more so in Blair, but Jenny and the fact of like, if my decade long relationship ended, I would be a hot mess yeah. <laughs> and I would not know what to do with myself. Like I felt her and like, I don't know how to do this without you because we've been together for so long. And since we right. were like children. Yeah. So, um, if, and she, she has a lot of emotions and I feel like even if I don't show it all the time, I'm always feeling a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Blair definitely in the sense of like, she's, you can tell she's in some sort of marketing role, which yeah. I am in. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely quiet and reserved in a professional setting, like at work, which has always been super annoying because everyone's like, oh, you're in marketing. You need, you need to be super extroverted. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't. Correct. <laughs> um, and, or just like around new people in general, like sometimes I, th- I think Blair could be the type of person where people might think like, oh, you seem kind of bitchy when you first meet her. And people have thought that about me because I'm quiet and I might have a resting bitch face, but I just like the people who I'm really comfortable around, like you guys <laughs> know the bad Katie or the real Katie, however, you, whatever you want to call bad Blair, or just like the more comfortable version of myself. And definitely the plants and just her maybe not instigating some of these things like singing in the gas station or smoking on the stoop or doing things like that but like wanting to but just not wanting to be the first one yeah yeah totally. (laughs) so I, I felt that in Blair a lot I did see myself a little bit in like Leah in the sense of meeting trying to meet somebody where they need to be at and Mm -hmm. like for Aaron she's like if you need to go slow that's fine if you want to go dive headfirst in that's fine and I I like to think that I can I can do that as well and like see all sides to the story and meet someone where they're at so yeah love it casting is so fun this is a fun movie to cast yeah (laughs) but also really hard uh, any last thoughts on someone great? I do have my final question oh, yes. for us. Yes. I'm excited so, and scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
if you guys were trying to get over a breakup, obviously, Katie, yours would be the decade long one. So <laughs> that would be a little bit more substantial. But let us go into our minds. If we were trying to overcome a breakup, either with a friend or a significant other, what would be your neon classic? The event or the outing that you're like, you know what? Screw what I feel inside. I'm going to do this thing. No one can stop me. I'm going to go have a good day. The first answer that came into my head is not my real answer because I was like, oh, it's the X Games. I'd go to the fucking Oh X Games. my God. Nope. <laughs> New answer. New answer. Required. I knew you wouldn't accept that. I do love the X Games, but that is not where I would go if I was going through a breakup. I think I was just, you said big event and I was like, oh, I do want to go to the X Games. <laughs> um, I feel like I would just, it wouldn't be like an event. I would just want to be, take a trip. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I said I would want to really? take a road trip somewhere my first thought was also a road trip but I would go I would want to go somewhere that makes me feel small like the mountains oh. or the ocean like that's one of the reasons I love looking at the stars is because I just lay and think about <laughs> like how vast and endless space is and how like we are literal a blip in the system yeah. like and it just like helps when I'm feeling overwhelmed to just realize like, it doesn't matter in the scheme of things. It's fine. I'm this tiny speck in the entire universe and not and like, some people might look at that and be like, wow, that's scary. Or that makes me feel unimportant or whatever. But I, I think it helps to put things into perspective that like, not only is there a whole world out there of like billions of people, but there's a whole giant ass universe. Yeah. It's literally endless. (laughs) I love that. And so I feel like I'd want to drive up to like Canada or something and see the Northern Lights and then like go down to like over to Washington and to like the mountains and stuff like that in the ocean over there. Magic. Yes. So if, if that's everything or not, otherwise I think that's a wrap on someone great. I appreciate Woo! you both for sharing your thoughts and opinions and now to end the episode, I guess uh, I'll pass the mic to Mac so she can share a little bit about our next episode so you can go check it out before checking back in with us next week. Yes. So next week we are going to be doing our first, I think, coming of age drama. Also, I think our first Oscar winning movie. Um, we're going to be watching Coda. I love this film. I know we all really loved this film. We recently watched it. Um, I, so, okay. CODA stands for children of deaf adults and it follows, um, a 17 year old named Ruby who is, uh, the only hearing member of her family. And she's really trying to figure out what her next chapter looks like, especially because she feels like she has to stick around, um, to, to help communicate for her family but her family doesn't necessarily agree. They feel like they can communicate for themselves. Um, so there's there's just so much, I don't know, there's so much like acting of faces off in this movie. And um, I just, it's a real treasure. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. And, you know, probably cry the whole time. Because I just, I think this movie is a real treasure. Oh, you can watch it, I think, on Apple um, that's where we watched it. 
and it's in 2021. It's adapted from a French film. So go watch that. Get excited. Okay. Bye. Yes. I'm super excited for this one too, but okay. Thank you ladies again. Uh, we will see you all next week until then be kind. Rewind. Let's press play is brought to you by Emily Labonte, Katie Liu and Mackenzie McCollum. Our intro music is created by the people's husband, Ian Liu. Our logo is designed by Katie and our episodes are edited by Mac. Special thank you to all our beta episode listeners and to Blake Thomas of Take It With You for his editing support. To learn more about Let's Press Play, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, the TikTok, and YouTube. All inquiries can be sent to Let's Press Play Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.